Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Howard Blue is the varsity basketball coach and director of academic support at Georgetown Prep, one of the most well-known private schools, not only in the Washington, D.C. metro, but throughout the country. But before we focus on where he's at now, Coach Blue and I are going to dive into where he started in part one of our conversation. Let's get to it. Howard Blue often insists he's not special though he most certainly is. But that he says and truly believes that is a testament to his humbleness and gratitude because he defies so many statistics. His mother was addicted to drugs for most of his life and she never got clean before she passed away in Howard's 20s. His childhood was so unstable, he bounced around to live with different people until settling in with his grandmother in high school. Howard graduated from Gonzaga College High School, where he shined as a basketball player, and he was a four-year starter at Colgate University, where he graduated with his BA in Educational Studies. But he didn't just make it out for his own benefit. Howard is one of those individuals who's carved out a career that also uniquely empowers him to influence and impact so many others, which he's done throughout his professional career. I met him through Washington Jesuit Academy, a remarkable middle school in D.C. that I'll share more about in the coming months. But for now, I want you to listen to Howard's story and be inspired by the enduring hope and resilience he's possessed throughout his life. Well, I really want to thank my guest, Howard Blue, for joining me today. Howard, thank you for taking the time to visit with me. Thanks thanks for having me. Well, Howard, you have such an incredible story, which is why I really wanted to get you on. And one of the first questions I always ask my guests are, what's your favorite childhood sports-related memory? Um, There's a lot of them for sure, Uh, but my favorite childhood sports memory is definitely I'm going to the park, uh, in particular, going to Tucker Road, um, a park in our area and playing with my dad and his friends. Um, that's where I really started to I fall in love with basketball and really started to recognize when I was getting better um, and playing playing with some good players at Tucker Road. And my dad was one of them. Um, so being able to go there with him on Saturdays and Sundays is, is definitely my best childhood sports memory. Which coach encouraged and inspired you most when you were younger? Um, it would definitely, I have to give a lot of credit to my first coach, um, that I, that I ever had, um, Brad Stevens, um, coach Stevens was my elementary coach. He was also the security guard at our school. Before I even started playing basketball in fourth grade, uh, he, he told me I was going to be on the team and I made the team as a, I was the only fourth grader on the team and it was because he wanted me to be on it. Um, I wasn't very good. Um, I didn't play much at all that first, my first year playing. Um, and I finally got a chance to get in the game. Um, the last regular season game of the year. And it's definitely my most embarrassing sports memory, but I scored for the other team and After the game, I was so embarrassed, like the crowd was laughing. Um, He made sure to make it funny for me. And and he also said something to the guys in the locker room um, that I think stuck with me the rest of my life, really. He told them that at some point that I was going to be the best player in the room. 
um, out of all the guys in there. And he had no reason to say it because I didn't believe it. I didn't see it. None of them saw it. Um, but, I mean, he said that to those guys, and um, it definitely stuck with me, and it definitely led me to keep working a little bit. and Or not a little bit, but a lot. And um, it definitely changed the way those guys looked at me, too. It, 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 meant, it meant the world to me that he, that, that he did that and said that. And um, I give him a lot of credit because I was ready to quit after that, <laughs> after that moment in time. Who's an unsung hero from your childhood? Ideally, someone key to your development as a student athlete who's not related to you. I mean, it's the same thing. It's going to be a coach. Um, this time it was like Coach Reggie Walker. Um, he was a he was my AAU coach from seventh grade all the way until my sophomore year in high school. Um, and around seventh grade, I had started doing some things I wasn't supposed to do. Um, basketball wasn't keeping me out of trouble anymore. I was hanging out and getting caught up in the wrong crowd, doing some of the, doing some things that just just wasn't the right thing. I would leave it at that. Um, but one day, um, a buddy from my neighborhood, um, Lamar, um, pulled up with, with Coach Reggie in the car and um, said that Lamar had told him that I could play and wanted me to see if I would be on the team. And Reggie like, asked me if I wanted to play. And I told him, well, we can go ask my grandmother. She'd be cool with it. They drove me over to my grandmother's house. And I asked her. She said yes. That same day, I went and played in the game with Reggie. Had a good time. And he asked me on the way home if I wanted to keep playing. I said definitely. He started picking me up two or three times a week um, from that point forward. And he did all the way until I was a 10th grader. And he was one of the first coaches um, that encouraged me that I was better than, than I thought. Um, Coach Stevens was the first one to do it, but, but Reggie kind of picked the pieces up for me and put me in a, in a, in a position that allowed me to feel like I was going to be really good. Um, he's also the coach that introduced me to the place that I ended up going to high school um, at Gonzaga. Um, Reggie gets a lot of credit for introducing me and my family to that place. I'm forever grateful for him. It, it was able to pay it back to him at some point when his son came to WJA where I work. Um, and it was a, it was very important for me that his, that his son was going to have the chance to go there and, and be able to do for him some of the things his dad did for me. That's very special. What's one thing you would tell your eight, 12 and 16 year old self? My eight year old self, like things are probably like things are like really starting to fall apart at our house when I was eight around that time. First thing I would tell them is like, yeah, like things are going to be okay. Like knowing what I know now, like, like hanging there, it's, it's, it's going to be better. Keep doing the things that matter most and listen to the people. Um, they care about you the most because that's not something like I didn't trust a lot of people. And it made me hard to listen to some people um, like my grandmother and my dad who were trying to who were trying to get me to do the right things um, So my 12 year old self. <laughs> I would tell my 12 year old self to, to calm down, not to, not to be so angry. There were a lot of things that I could have been angry about. And it made sense while I was angry. Um, but if I could if I could change anything about that period in time, it would be to get rid of some of that anger and let the people that wanted to be close to me, like not to make it so hard for them. As 16, man, I don't know what I would tell my 16 year old self. Like I was like things were things were starting to 
things were starting to go well for me for the first time on a consistent basis around that time. I probably would I mean, tell myself to I mean, start investing in something differently, you know, put some money somewhere. But I think the 16-year-old version of myself was the first time where I wasn't worried about what was happening at home and wasn't worried about whether or not I was going to be okay or if, if life was going to get better. Around 16 is when I kind of knew that it was going to be. Um, so I would probably tell myself to not to relax as much. Keep my keep keep your keep the pedal to the metal and see how far you can really take it. Looking back, what was something you appreciated about your parents' influence on your athletic journey? Um, to be quite honest, me and my dad had a lot of friction when it came to basketball. What I really appreciated, though, was that he let me do it. And it was he wasn't overbearing on me and trying to turn me into the player he wanted me to be and, and have me doing the things he wanted me to do. Like he let me blaze my my own path and he challenged me in ways that forced me to be strong in my convictions and what type of player I wanted to be. After he passed, I learned a whole lot more about what his childhood was like and what he had to endure and the fact that he was how good of a player he was. Um, So I have to be appreciative of like the DNA he passed down for sure. Um, That's something that I couldn't have done it without. Um, But I definitely, especially coaching now, I definitely appreciate how my father stepped back and let the coaches do their jobs. Um, And when he and I got into it about basketball. It was just he and I. It wasn't about what I should be doing and when I should do it. It was two basketball guys who both thought they knew something about the game. What's something you wrestled or struggled with in middle school or high school? Mm, A lot. A lot. Um, Middle school in particular. There were times where I felt like I was taking care of myself. So it was hard for it was hard for me to really sit back and let adults be in charge. It wasn't easy for me to be in the classroom in middle school. It wasn't easy for me to be in the classroom in, in high school either. That was really tough for me. Like I, I struggled not being in control. Um, there was there were so many things that I was tasked to be responsible for that I felt like being in, in classroom settings kind of went against, I guess, some of my survival instincts. And I struggled with that. And I mean, I was still always able to get good grades, particularly in middle school. Um, but it, it wasn't because it was because the challenging part of school hadn't presented itself yet. The authority, you know, dealing with authority was was a real struggle with me, for, especially in middle school and, it, and even in high school, but it, it started getting better then. When you went to go work at Washington Jesuit Academy, which is where I met you through, what did you learn about yourself as a coach and, and as an administrator? To be honest, I, I had everything I had done until up until that point was trying to be a professional basketball player. Like I, I was doing everything to, to, to be a pro baller. When I decided to work at WJA, it was the first time that that wasn't the most important thing to me. And it was strange, um, but like being close to my family and having a real impact, like out of nowhere became like the most important thing to me. And there, is, there was nothing in my life from 
fifth grade all the way up until that point in time could surpass hoops, you know, um, and working at WJA for when I initially started working at WJA, it was only supposed to be for a five week summer program. And then I was going to I was going to go play. Um, but being there for a couple of weeks, like it just felt like my like purpose was being being shown to me. And it was to try to help these guys do something that I've done and some things that they want to do. And it just felt like, like I can say I felt like a calling, like being there for the summer program. I felt the calling. And it was the first time where it wasn't about me being a ball player anymore. It felt, it felt good to find that because um, I don't I don't know how long I would have played ball anyway. <laughs> so so finding that at that point, even, even though it that, that question of, of how my pro career would have went, all, like always hung in there. Um, but it just it just to find that out just wasn't more important than to have the impact that I could that I could have had on some of those young guys lives. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast, subscribe, and share. And don't forget, you can contact me through my website, seankjensen.com. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you next time.